0: and we're live. Hello everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Matthew Paris show. I'm your host Matthew Paris. Uh first of all, before we get started, before we get started, make sure you hit that little like and subscribe button here on the Matthew Paris show. It's always a great time here on the Matthew Paris show. I cover sports news, we talk sports, we have a great time. So let's get into it. Let's talk about Thursday night football. Last night's game, it was between the Lions and the Packers. Um it's reported by USA Today, the Detroit Lions went to Green Bay and exited Lambeau Field with a mighty roar. Lions 34, Packers 20. Uh, pretty good win for the Lions. The Lions splits the Packers in the first half. Detroit jumped out to a 27-3 to halftime lead. That's making a statement right there and had Green Bay fans booing the Packers at halftime. Um, you know, of course, now Aaron Rodgers is gone. He's uh, a New York Jet, which he got hurt uh, in the first game. After, in the first series, he got a tore, tore, uh, tour, uh He hurt his leg, tore Achilles. Uh, The Packers made the game respectable in the second half, scoring 17 of their 20 points in the final two quarters. But it wasn't enough to overtake the Lions. Um, It looks like Dan Campbell's Lions were the more physical team on Thursday night and dominated most of the divisional matchup. Um, This was in the NFC North. Uh, Lions on, and right now the Lions are actually on top of the NFC North. So it's good for the city of Detroit. It's good for the Lions to be on top of the NFC North after having a couple of dismal seasons of only winning one game or winning no games. There was a year where the Lions won zero, uh, no games, and they lost every game, and they were considered the worst team in the NFL at the time. Um, right now the Lions are three and one, have now won four in a row versus the Packers. Uh, Detroit's win on Thursday night gave them sole possession of first place in NFC North. Um, so yeah, so that's, uh, that's good for the Lions. Great for them. Um, we'll, uh, we'll see what, uh, next brings for the Lions. You know, they're on top of the NFC North right now. So, uh, it's good for Detroit Lions. It's good that they're doing well. I like to see, I think everyone likes to root for the underdog. I like to see the underdog do, uh, do really well. And, um, yeah, so... We'll see uh, what happens with the uh, with the Lions, um, yeah. So uh, let's move on right now. Let's talk about more NFL football. Let's talk about the Miami Dolphins. Uh, let's see here. Last Sunday we had the Miami Dolphins versus the Denver Broncos. Um, the Dolphins blew out the Broncos uh, in an impressive fashion, uh, seventy to twenty over Denver. Um what's interesting is that head coach for the Miami Dolphins Mike McDaniel, he grew up in the state of Colorado. He loves the state of Colorado and he loves the Denver Broncos. He actually wanted to be the head coach for the Denver Broncos at one time. Um he didn't get the job though. But did you know that head coach Mike McDaniel for the Dolphins was a ball boy back in 2005 for the Denver Broncos? Uh he was a ball boy for the Broncos. He went to school, played football. He loved football, went to school, got his master's, got his bachelor's, became an NFL coach. Um, When he was an offensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers and there were head coaching positions opening up, including the Denver Broncos, he expressed interest to go home and and, uh, coach the team that he so dearly loves, that he was a fan growing up in the state of Colorado. Um, However, the Denver Broncos did not – want him at the time to interview with them. He interviewed with a few other teams, not them. So he kind of, I think he kind of took this, uh, this game Percival last Sunday night football on Sunday, September 24th. And, uh, yeah, the Dolphins blew out the Broncos 70 to 20, um, in an impressive wins. Um, the Dolphins next has, uh, the bills coming up on Sunday, October 1st. Uh, that is a noon game. Uh, there's going to be some storylines shaping up. This was reported from ESPN. Um, three storylines shaping Bills Dolphins showdown. Trent Sherfield uh, has seen both sides of the increasingly fierce AFC East rivalry between the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. We have a rivalry week. The Bills wide receiver played with the Dolphins last season. When the teams met three times, including in the postseason, with all three games decided by three or fewer points. Uh, Sure feels expectations for Sunday when the two teams meet at Highmark Stadium. It's going to be a physical matchup for sure, he said. Obviously, when I was over there, it was something that we always knew that the Bills, us, that we were going to be ready to play. And I think that Coach Sean McDermott had done a great job of just letting us know, hey, let's just uh, lock in on us. No game is too big. Let's not let the outside noise try to hype us up and get all bent out of shape. It's just another game. We are in week four. The history, however, between the two teams will indicate it would be a far more than a just another game. While the Bills, who are 2.5-point favorites, have been the Dolphins' 11-13 meetings since McDermott became head coach in 2017, each team won a regular season game at its home stadium. With heat impacting several Bills players in Miami and snowballs becoming involved in Orchard Park, New York. Last year when the Bills went on to win a close playoff game that featured Miami backup quarterback Skyler Thompson with the Jets dealing with the loss of Aaron Rodgers and the Patriots still finding their way in the post-Tom Brady error. Um, that's interesting because I don't know how uh, Mac Daniels is doing. So the outcome of the week four game will likely play a key role in helping uh, decide the race for the AFC East crown, which the Bills have won the past three seasons. Um Josh Allen, you know, the Bills quarterback, I've always said he was good. He's, he's got good mobility. He's good in the pocket. He could throw well. He's got good accuracy. Uh, here's a breakdown of how the two teams stack up by Bills reporter, Ilana uh, Getzberg, and Dolphins reporter, Marcel louis jacks Miami's number one ranked office versus Buffalo's number two defense. Right? What makes the Dolphins offense so difficult to defend? It's balance. Miami leads the NFL in passing yards per game. That's 362. And rushing yards per game, 188.3, which is in contrast to last season when it owned the league fourth-best passing offense but eighth-worst rushing offense. Three of the five-leaning touchdown scores in the NFL play for the Dolphins. Okay? Uh, that was Raheem. That's Dolphins Raheem Mostart, ranked number one, seven TDs, uh, Devon uh, acne and Tyreek Hill tied with two other players at number two and four TDs. Uh, they've shown this offense as a threat to score from anywhere on the field as evidenced by becoming the first team with at least 70 points at 700 yards in a game, the five rushes and five passing touchdowns in a game when they beat the Broncos 70 to 20 in week three. Um, so the dolphins right now are, uh, number one offense. They're moving up they Uh, they're ahead right now. They're first in the AFC East. So they're doing really well. We're about to come into week four of the NFL. Um, so, yeah, so good for the Dolphins, good for uh, the NFL. And uh, we'll see what happens there. Let's talk a little bit about my Houston Texans, uh, who are second in the AFC South right now. Um, you know, after losing to the Colts 31-20, to but beating the Jaguars 37-17, to um, the Texans now have the Steelers, At noon on Sunday, October 1st, Um, you know, let's talk about the predictions. What are the games, the picks, and the odds for NFL in the week four game? This comes from um, USA Today. Two teams coming off convincing victories will meet in the AFC clash featuring the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Houston Texans. The defense once again came through for Pittsburgh in a Sunday night football win against the Las Vegas Raiders. But quarterback Kenny Pickett had one of the best games of his young career. If the offense picks up, there's no limit how, how good the Steelers can be, which kind of worries me since I'm a Houston Texans fan. It was a promising game for the rebuilding Texans in week three as they were able to capitalize on several miscues from the Jacksonville Jaguars on the way to a 20-point win. C.J. Stroud had a solid performance. The head coach, Dabiko Rines will look for another impressive alley for his first year starter. Um, and we'll also see how C.J. Stroud does. Uh, again, in this game. He's doing well right now. He has zero interceptions. He is, his passing yards is 117.3%, uh, and uh, he's throws some touchdowns, so he's good. Uh, could he be the next Warren Moon who was good at accuracy? I don't know. That's yet to be seen. This is only his rookie year. Does he have a good shot at winning the rookie of the year? Uh, yes, he does. So we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that more on a, uh, another episode, but let's move on. I have to give a shout-out to the Houston Dynamo. They had actually clinched. This is our Major League Soccer team in Houston. Uh, it's American Professional Club based in Houston. Dynamo competing in Major League Soccer as a member of the Western Conference, of course. Um, we, uh, our standings right now, we're number four in the Western Conference with uh, 30 and 12 and 7 and 11. Um, those are the stats for soccer. Uh, but they did clinch the, uh, the uh, I believe, the U.S. Cup uh, the other night. Happy Friday, Houston. Hold it down. Um, let's see here. Yeah, they clinched the U.S. Cup. And, uh, yeah, so that brings another championship to Houston. That's great for them. Let's see if we can get the Major League Soccer Cup. And uh, let's bring home another title for the great city of Houston. And, uh Yeah. So, yeah, the U.S. Open Cup final between Inter-Miami and Houston Dynamo. Houston Dynamo ended up winning. Lionel Messi sits out as Dynamo beat Miami in U.S. Open Cup. Uh, this was from ESPN. Lionel Messi watched from the sidelines. Inter-Miami CF lost 2-1 to to the Houston Dynamo in the U.S. Open Cup final. That's after he was not named in the squad due to an injured pickup while on uh, Argentina duty. Manager Gerard Martino said Tuesday that whether his star player was available or not would come down to a game tie decision. When the lineup was real to have the final at DRV PNK Stadium, Messi was not listed on the team sheet. So, uh, so yeah, so congratulations to uh, the Houston Dynamo on winning the U.S. Cup. So, let's try to get uh, the Major League Soccer Cup, try to bring their title to Houston. It would be great for the city. And, uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's move on to Major League Baseball. Let's talk about the Houston Astros. Right now, we are second in the American League West. We, our record is 87 wins, 72 losses. Today, at 840, we have the Diamondbacks. We're going to be over there. They have 84 wins and 75 losses. Um, the, the race in the American League West is uh, heating up. You know, who's going to get to first? Um, the Baltimore Orioles already clinched the American League East, so they're in the playoffs. They won the divisional title. They will bypass the wild card round. The Astros are still fighting for a wild card round and uh, with the Seattle Mariners and the Texas Rangers. The Texas Rangers are actually first in the American League West right now. Uh, I think we do have a Rangers-Seattle Mariners series coming up, but right now the Astros are 87-72. They're second in the American League West. That will be good enough good enough to get to the playoffs if we hold on to the wild card spot. The Rangers are 89-70 in first place, and the Mariners are 86-73 in third place and we're going to cat out the Angels and the Athletics that are already out of the playoffs. Um, So, yeah. So what does this mean? We do have the Diamondbacks. Uh, We need to win these games in order for us, and the Rangers need to lose in order for us to have a shot at clinching the division in the American League West. Um, If we don't clinch, then we have a good shot at the wild card spot, which we are in second right now. So um, I think, you know, we need to. Uh, I need mean, everybody. Everybody needs to step up, including Dusty Baker, head coach Dusty Baker. Uh, Kyle Tucker needs to step up. Jose Altuve needs to step up, and um, you know everybody on the team needs to step up. Brantley and everybody. So, um, yeah. So today, you know, we have the Astros Diamondback series. So hopefully we can we can win that out, sweep them. And uh, yeah, I actually watched a little bit of the Mariners Astros uh, the last game. And, you know, Mariners were up one to zero. And then I believe Jordan Alvarez hit a home run and then it was uh uh I think it was uh Kyle Tucker hit a home run and then we were actually up and we won that game in impressive fashion. The Astros won the game in impressive fashion, eight to three. But they need to keep it up in order to uh clinch at least a wild card spot and get into the playoffs. Um if they don't get in the playoffs, then everybody in Houston will be upset. That's the one thing about winning is that now people expect you to win. Um the good thing is, though, if you you know the Texans go back to football real quick, the Texans can only go up because you know not a whole lot of people are expecting too much for you. So then you could start to kind of go up and impress them a little bit. If you're winning all the time, then people expect that. So that's kind of the downfall. But I think the Astros will do just fine. I think they will uh, certainly, um, hopefully, clinch the uh, wild card division. So yeah, um, let's move on real quick. Let's talk about the uh, Kelsey. Uh, Swift romance—it's uh, all over the internet. It's all over me. Did Taylor Swift? Does Taylor Swift love football? Does she uh, love NFL football? You know, now that she's uh, dating tight end Travis Kelsey, um, the two were seen actually leaving his mansion. There were paparazzi out there taking pictures of them. Actually, they were getting into his car and going somewhere, but. Um, it is say, reported now that uh, Swift is bringing a whole bunch of her fans to like NFL football. We're seeing on TikTok and social media that uh, Swifties, the fans, are actually wearing Kansas City Chiefs jerseys and a few other football jerseys, so that's good for them. It's good for the NFL to come and bring them back to, uh, for the fan base of the NFL to see what that's all about, even though you may not understand football. It's good for uh, people to come and understand football because you have a much more appreciation about it. Uh, let's move on real quick. Tom Brady, the uh, GOAT Tom Brady, he is now going to be, I think, inducted in the, into the first-ever Patriots, I think what was called the Ring of Honor, the first-ever Patriots Hall of Fame. Uh, He's, I think, the first player to be inducted. I believe that will start um, at halftime. There's a little ceremony for him, I think, in two months. I don't know the exact date, but I think it's in two months. Um, also, it the, um, the says right here also, speaking of Tom Brady, that there is a biopic. Uh, Hollywood is playing a biopic on him. This was reported by Variety. Uh, Tom Brady biopic series, The Patriot Way in development. Tom Brady is getting the biopic treatment. The Gotham Group is developing a scripted limited series, so it's going to be a television show, a miniseries, is developing a scripted limited series titled The Patriot Way about the quarterback following his rise from a six-round NFL draft pick to the global superstar who led the New England Patriots to nine Super Bowls, winning six. It will also cover the Aaron Hernandez Spygate and Deflategate controversies as well as Brady's conflicts with head coach Bill Belichick. Interesting. Uh, Paul Tomasi and Eric Johnson are attached to Write the Patriot Way, which will be adapted from 12, The Inside Story of Tom Brady's Fight for Redemption, the 2008 book by sports journalists Casey Sherman and Dave Wedge. Ellen Goldsmith-Vine will produce the series on behalf of the Gotham Group. Uh, Tamase and Johnson are best known for writing along with Scott Silver, The Fighter, the 2008 biopic directed by David O. Russell, that's a good movie that starred Mark Wahlberg as boxer Mickey, Mickey Ward. The pair also previously collaborated on Patriot's Day, which starred Wahlberg as a police officer during the Boston Marathon bombings. Uh, the Finest Hours, also 2016, a thriller directed by Craig Gillespie that starred Casey Affleck and Chris Pine in 2020's The Outpost, which was based on Jake Tapper's book of the same name about the Battle of Kandish in the war in Afghanistan. Uh, let's see here. Um... So, yeah, that's that's interesting. They're going to do a, a limited series on Tom Brady called The Patriot Way. I remember back after Tom Brady and the Patriots came back in Super Bowl 51, actually right here in Houston at NRG Stadium uh, against the Atlanta Falcons, that they were thinking about doing a Super Bowl 51 movie based on that, uh, about leading up to Super Bowl in Houston. I would still love to see that. I remember there were rumors flying around that who was going to play Tom Brady uh, there were rumors that Ben Affleck was going to play him. That's interesting. Um, there was rumors going around like who was going to play Giselle because he was married to Giselle Bündchen at the time. So they had, uh, I think, uh, actresses for that. They had uh, actors who who was going to be Bill Belichick and stuff like that. So it's always kind of fun to read. But it is interesting that uh, that Tom Brady is getting a movie version of himself now. So... Or I'm sorry, not a movie, a limited series from himself now. So we'll see where that goes. Um, Tom Brady was also t- on uh, the VT dot com uh, show, and he was talking to um, to uh, let's see here, he was talking to I think Jacob Emmerman. Uh, no, he this guy's on Twitter. So, anyways, he was saying on the VT dot com show that Tom Brady, he talked about how he got into football. Tom Brady actually never played a down of football until he was a freshman in high school. He said he did not know how to, you know, he played baseball all his life. He grew up playing baseball. He loved baseball. He played, um, he played uh, football at freshman year. He said he was on a zero and seventeen, and he was the backup quarterback uh, his freshman year. So he said, you know, I had, pro- he goes, I didn't even know how to put on the pads, you know, where that went, stuff like that. I mean, isn't that interesting? This guy would come. Would, would go on to be the greatest one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And he at the freshman year of high school, he didn't really know how to put on the pads because he played baseball growing up. But he had a pretty good arm. and he, But he was not to start. He was backup on his freshman team, on the 0-7 team in his high school. Um, and the only reason he played the next year, his sophomore year, was because the starting quarterback quit. and said the team was terrible. He said, I'm going to go play baseball or something. So... Brady actually became the starter his sophomore year as high school team. And they ended up winning some games. Um, You know, Brady had said that his high school coach had said, hey, you know, start moving a little quicker in the pocket, Brady. So Brady went to his dad because Brady was a competitor and said, hey, I want to learn how to be a better quarterback, a better football player. So he went to all these camps, these uh, from professional coaches, professional athletes, and he got better. And he did real well for his high school football team. His senior year. Uh, how he got recruited to uh Michigan to play for Michigan, that his senior year he had his you know, back then you had no social media, you had you couldn't, you know, record something and put it on a computer and then cut it. You had to have you had to send in tapes. So his dad would uh film his son Tom Brady. Tom Tom Brady senior would film his son Tom Brady and um he would do it with an old, you know, home movie camcorder and then make the tape and then send it out. And then, you know, Colleges started to get some interest. You know, they had a few colleges, including Michigan. Tom Brady, being a California kid, originally wanted to go USC and play, University of Southern California and play. Um, he did get some interest from, from uh, UCLA, and he did uh, UCLA did offer him a scholarship. So Brady said, all right, I'll go play for UCLA. What happened was UCLA backed out at the last minute because they had a much higher recruit in the California high school system. Who was labeled as, you know, the next big thing. So UCLA, you know, dropped Tom Brady and gave the scholarship to somebody else. Um, USC was not interested, which is where Brady originally wanted to go. And he said, Well, what about Michigan? Because Michigan likes you. And head coach Lloyd Carr at the time likes you. And, um, they said, and, you know, Tom told his dad, You know, Michigan is just so far away. And he goes, No, no, it'd be all right. You know, you'll get to play football and, and stuff like that. So he went to Michigan. Um, He was the seventh quarterback out of – and there were six other quarterbacks ahead of him. He was the seventh quarterback to come in. So he really had to prove himself. Um, You know, they wouldn't give him very much reps. You know, he got like two reps. He went to head coach at the time, Lloyd Carr, and said, how come I am not getting 10 reps, 15 reps, and these other guys – I'm getting two, and these other guys are getting 10, 15. And he he pretty much said, hey, just focus on those two reps – make it as perfect as you can be, and then we'll give you more reps, which is what happened. He went from two reps to 10 reps to 15 reps. Um, So, you know, he had to uh, compete with all these guys. He worked his way up to third-string quarterback behind Brian Greasy his junior year. And then after that, his senior year, he thought he was going to be the starting quarterback. And uh, what happened was they uh, had recruited at the top prospect in the state of Michigan at the time, I believe Drew Henson. So now Tom had not only wanted to – needed to compete with the people above him, but he had to look behind him too because they were labeled – this guy, Drew Hitzel was labeled as the top guy. But anyways, it all worked out. Brady did well. You know, they took him to the FedEx, uh, I believe, Orange Bowl in 2000, and they came back after being down 10 points they won it. Tom Brady did play in that game. Um and of course, the rest is history. You know, he gets drafted in, in the uh, sixth round, 199th pick overall, to the New England Patriots. So, um, and then look what happens. You know, Drew Bledsoe gets knocked out in week three, and that New York Jets game. Brady comes in, and the rest is history. So, um, so you never know about these things. You know, if you're an athlete, you know, the power of being told no. You could always put yourself up, and um, and. uh yeah, you know, you got to have confidence in yourself, you know. That's what Brady was saying on the VT.com. So, I highly recommend to check it out if you have not it. It's an interesting watch. Uh, it gets really into his personal life and stuff like that. He talks a little bit about his marriage to Giselle and whatnot. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's a great time. It's a great watch. It's a very inspiring watch. So, I highly recommend them check it out. Um so, yeah, that is it on this episode of the Matthew Parrish Show. Uh, before we go, please hit the like and subscribe button. It's always a great time here on the Matthew Parrish Show. And I will talk to you guys very, very soon. We got football coming up this weekend. I'll do another show here soon talking about that. I'll talk about a little bit about NBA basketball. I'll talk about the MLB uh, playoffs are coming up up in October. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But, It's going to be a great time this weekend. It should be a fun-filled weekend of sports and stuff like that. So, yeah, have a great time. You guys be safe, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, take care. Bye.